0: When you answer all the questions, it kind of turns yeah. out that way. But it's basically that after all these years, I've tried so many things, and I finally found what I liked. Yeah. And stuck with it. I'd say for the past ten years, we've been on pretty much the same method. Yeah. So I started out with sunlight about ten years ago, which is uh, kind of a Charlotte Mason, mm-hmm. a whole book method. You know where right. all your history and geography and science is all from reading a lot of books together, and you just follow a timeline and i loved it and so what i started doing was branching out from what they had and adding and changing a little bit so i still if you're familiar with sunlight or maybe veritas press curriculum Mm -hmm. i still kind of follow that method welcome to the schoolhouse life podcast where we believe that life is a schoolhouse Totally. We're super dorks with a passion for sharing our love of homeschooling, homesteading, natural health care, plant medicines, natural childbirth, healthy eating, meditation, creative endeavors, overall self-sufficiency for the whole family. Oh, and don't forget self-development and spirituality. Oh, of course. Key players. We hope you'll be inspired to do things you haven't, try things that could make your life better, and mostly, we want to encourage you to never stop learning and let your life be a schoolhouse, too. Hey, everybody. It's me, Lacey Graham. I am here again today with Nikki Truesdell, and we are going to be talking about homeschooling, and there's a lot of new homeschoolers out there, and of course, there's always the experienced homeschoolers out there, and that is exactly what Nikki is. She has experienced both being homeschooled and homeschooling herself, so I cannot wait to hear about that journey, but we will share some nuggets and some wisdom that will probably help you, whether you're homeschooling or not. Just be excited about learning at any age. So we actually did the Homeschool Summit a couple of weeks ago. It's still available for purchase. And Nikki was a key player in that. And I'm really excited to get to know her a little bit better with you guys. And um, Nikki, without further ado, would you please go ahead and introduce yourself and maybe give us a brief history of your (laughs) sort of journey from wherever into you know, being the homeschool advocate that you are now? Well, I'm Nikki Truesdell and I live in Texas with my husband and I have five kids, four still currently living at home, one's married. Um, Two of those have graduated from their whole life of homeschooling. So (laughs) I currently homeschool three kids right now. So like you mentioned, I was homeschooled as a kid. Now I have been to public school and I did that through fifth grade. And then that sometime during that year, my parents were introduced to homeschooling. And of course, a long time ago, it was 1983, so there were not a lot of homeschoolers around at that time. In fact, the only ones we knew were this family that that had introduced my parents to it. And wow. so we just jumped in and began uh, homeschooling that fall of 1983, and it was very traditional looking, just like you would imagine a private school. It was kind of a private school curriculum that we used. Mm-hmm. Anyway, right. my parents got arrested a month later because we were truant. <laughs> and oh no, they, my goodness. Yeah. Now it was in Oklahoma and it was not against the law to homeschool, but no one knew that. And so that's why the sheriff showed up at our door one morning, wow. a really small town. And so everybody knew that there were some kids not at school. And so my parents and my aunt, who was also homeschooling, were taken to the sheriff's office. And they stayed there all day, but they got lawyers on the phone immediately. And so they were not actually put in the jail cell, but they stayed there all day working through, you know, all the legal issues and were released to go home. And so uh, there was supposed to be a court hearing and um, homeschoolers just kind of started appearing out of nowhere and calling and saying that they were praying for my parents and my aunt. And before January, when the court date was supposed to happen, the charges were dropped. So Uh Wow, that yeah. so, crazy. that's crazy. Yeah, that was our start. <laughs> that's so funny. so it's it's interesting to me because I think about homeschooling as kind of like getting back to like, you know, before public school was a thing and and like it would have been kind of a normal thing. I wonder when the line crossed into if you didn't go to school, you you know, you were the weird one. It had to have been in the fifty years before that, right. Yeah. Some somewhere in the 20th century, because, you know, the early part of the 20th century, a lot of kids were still not going to public school. It became, yeah. I think it became mass schooling sometime in the 30s and 40s. Okay. A lot of men went to war, so the women went to work, and the kids right. had somewhere to go. And that's right. kind of how it came to be the American way. But, yeah, it wasn't always that way. And so I think, yeah, the last 50 to 70 years is when, if you weren't at school, then you were the one who was weird. <laughs> so, oh, right. Yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah, that is fascinating. Okay, so then share with us a little bit about your homeschool experience, um, just growing up. What did that look like for you, and did you like it compared to your did. experience? Okay, yes, I did. So, like I said, I started homeschooling in the sixth grade, and uh, it was new, obviously, to all of us. It was new to my mom and dad. I have a sister who is three years younger than me, and so it's um, it's like what you would imagine the old time homeschoolers were. That's what we were. We lived out in the country. We did at a desk for certain school hours, Monday through Friday. We did not go anywhere because if you did, you got tons of questions and it was very uncomfortable to go out in public during the school day. And we used ACE curriculum. And so we were very structured with the, the paces that they have. And, but we still had a lot of free time, even though we were on a very traditional school schedule, we still had a lot of free time. And I think that's what helped me and my sister so much. It's, it, I can look back now and see how much of who we are was developed during that time. I I loved journaling and writing and reading. Way back then, I had a lot of time to do it. My sister started taking pictures of her stuffed animals and our pets, and she's a photographer now. I mean, she started back then just kind of posing and doing things, so uh, we really had that. We had so much free time to explore what we wanted, and we also had that close family bond because we were mostly with our parents all day, you know, there was a little socialization, but not like you have now, but it was just such a neat way to grow up. I, I, and so I knew this is what I wanted for my It's so interesting that you, you know, that the curriculum is such an afterthought of of like in your experience, like being raised in a homeschooling family. It's not the the curriculum that you remember, even though I think that that's where most of the people who are coming into it right now or mm-hmm. I mean, even myself, we've been doing it for 15 years and it's still like, am I doing the right curriculum? Am I? Yes. Oh, and it doesn't really matter. It's not it that crucial, right? I mean, it's just no. Amazing. In fact, I see that question so much online. What's the best curriculum for this age or this grade or the subject? Mm-hmm. And I finally just now I say there's not a best there's not a best one because it depends on so many things and even if you have the cheapest worst one that's available to you mm-hmm. your kids can still learn from it and you can make it work yeah for a time whatever that time is and that's what I push so much is that you know make it work for your circumstances right now whatever they are yeah. and then you know look for something else later but there is not best homeschool curriculum there's a lot of great (laughs) ones but it really doesn't matter (laughs) it really doesn't matter I love that well and I will say that your website is a good resource because you do share you know what your favorites are for different things yes and I know like I do have favorites yeah my favorites and so I was excited to see because I was going to buy the math you see finally I'm breaking down and I'm going to buy that one math curriculum and you were a proponent of that too but yeah I mean I think that's ultimately the truth is you know maybe you're working with workbooks that were in the dollar section of target right Okay. I've done that. Yeah. (laughs) You too. Yeah. Uh, So awesome. Okay. Very, very good. So, okay. Now let's compare your experience as a child. What does it look like for you in terms of homeschooling your own family and how have you maybe kept some of the same things and left some of the the things and how does that compare? I would say I have tried to preserve some of that, even though it's such a different time to homeschool and it's so much easier now. So many more things available as far as books and curriculum, the internet was invented. (laughs) Um, And then also the co-ops, all kinds of things you can go out and do during the day, you know, the opportunities are so endless. Mm -hmm. So there's so much more that makes it easier. But I, I really do encourage parents to try to keep the home part in their homeschooling. Because what I've seen over 20 years of being a homeschool mom is that all these great opportunities came up and then suddenly everyone signs up for all of them until they're never home anymore. Mm -hmm. They're always in the car or their kids are always trying to do math in the back seat and then they gotta rush to the next (laughs) class. Yeah. right. And and I've been there. So I know. And and when I was doing that, I had many little kids, it seems like at the time. And so it was just stressful. Everybody's cranky and all of a sudden we weren't having fun and we weren't at home, you know? And so I really I thought, you know, these are all great things. You don't have to do all of them. You don't have to do any of them. Yes. Especially if you've got little ones. It just takes a toll on your family if you're packing kids in car seats and having to get their snacks and all that. And so I would say I have really embraced more of what we did back then, which is being home more, you know, being a family more, making sure we have lots of that downtime together ah uh, yes it's so important I think that that we do I think sometimes as homeschoolers we fear we're gonna not give our kids enough ex- yeah. opportunities or um, yeah. experiences and so we try to compensate with everything and yes, even exactly sometimes right. I think it's a way of especially if your family's not all on board or mm-hmm. whatever we try to fill in all the holes and say look how much my kid is doing exactly know? and that makes us feel better. But that is really not where the beauty in all of this lies for our family. It's, yep. you know, I think honestly with COVID, one of the huge benefits has been that even for us, who I say no a lot, mm-hmm. we have done nothing. And yes. It's been amazing, right? So yeah. you know. I, I notice you know, we live in Texas. And so when there is an ice storm or a snowstorm, which is rare, every, everything shuts down. Like yeah. nobody here knows how to survive. Yeah, yeah. And then everybody... I see even my homeschool friends say, wow, this has been the best time we made right. cookies and we read stories together and we did all these things. And I think uh-huh. you could do that all the time. You know, you don't have to okay. wait for COVID or a snowstorm. This could be your whole life. And that's so what, hard. People know. Yeah. yeah, just stay home, do, do one activity and then stay home, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it's not like, we'll stay home and do what you'll find so mm-hmm. many cool things to do with your family. Once. You know you kind of force yourself into that boredom that's what i do with my kids i let them get bored and then they get creative and they do a lot of cool things so one of my favorite tips for people who are like well my kids just don't know how to not you know, deal do screen time, and we struggle with that too. But oh yeah, when they're you know, screen time's pretty limited at our house. And um, when they come to me and they say, "Well, I'm bored," I say, "Well, that's perfect because I have a really that's long great. list of things for you to do." I get really mad. <laughs> yeah. But- that- They'll run off, and they find things to do that they wouldn't have done if I had said, "Yeah, go ahead and watch a movie or something." They get really creative, and then they forgot. They forgot that they wanted to do, you know, screen time, and and then they turn out to be better people. (laughs) Exactly. My my one child, I she got a punishment of not being able to watch TV for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Nothing. And she at first was very upset about it, but then like three days into it, she's like, you know, I actually think I like it better this way. Isn't that funny? <laughs> because she was just finding different things to do. She had to, she had to, and she wasn't missing it at all. So yeah, I think it's one of those things. That I, you know, you asked about the differences between my growing up and now, and my parents went really radical. And so we didn't just homeschool. We didn't have a TV either. And so I grew up without a TV for many years. And then when they finally brought one into the house, we only watched, you know, black and white shows like, (laughs) you know, I Love Lucy and Gunsmoke. I know all the TV Westerns because that's what we watched. But yeah, but because of that, I have an appreciation for so many other things because we just didn't have that. In in fact, I remember we would listen to MASH on the radio because some some radio station played it so we'd all gather around and it it was like the 40s or something but wow. it was a treat and it was fun and uh but it didn't take up our whole lives. You know? right so it's yeah. so hard now so hard but I just keep on trying <laughs> right keep on trying all right so let's see we've talked a little bit about maybe you want to share some about we've talked with others about methods of homeschooling you know whether it's like Charlotte Mason or Classical or Waldorf where do you feel like you fall and maybe what are some of your recommendations with with that? I would say I'm eclectic and that just means I do quite a few different methods together. Basically what I've done is found the different curriculum that I like for each subject and I use a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And so I did take a quiz because people keep asking me what style are you? So the yes. quiz told me that I am part Charlotte Mason, part classical. That sounds a bit which nice. is funny, you know, because I don't necessarily go and do certain things that are Charlotte Mason or classical but when you answer all the questions it kind of comes out that way but it's basically that after all these years I've tried so many things and I finally found what I liked yeah stuck with it I'd say for the past 10 years we've been on pretty much the same method yeah so I started out with sunlight about 10 years ago which is uh kind of a Charlotte Mason a whole book method you know where Right. All your history and geography and science is all from reading a lot of books together and you just follow a timeline and I loved it. And so what I started doing was branching out from what they had and adding and changing a little bit. So I still, if you're familiar with Sunlight or maybe Veritas Press curriculum, mm-hmm. I still kind of follow that method. Okay. Although now I use Mystery of History as my spine book. Which okay. Is- Mine is, you know, this is my book that guides me through the years, Yeah. but we read lots of books and do activities, and I just, I I have a blog post called Making History Fun, and that's kind of showing all the different ways that we pull in history, so it's not in a curriculum. You kind of have to just say, okay, what are we studying now? I wonder what would be fun. Let's look it up and see, Mm so. I love that. I think that's really cool. My daughter is doing, she's studying ancient China, and one of the things it recommended, or maybe it's not ancient, it's china at some point and having her make fortune cookies is on the list and Perfect. so that's just yeah. a really good example i think of like okay. and she'll remember it she'll it'll tie her learning out food always always ties in the learning we were this week so we made milkshakes you know you could do you could go to a diner that still has them or go to a drive-in and get hamburgers you could do a lot of stuff but i was like pressed for time and so we did milkshakes in the kitchen but we put the whipped cream on top and the cherries, and then we turned on music videos of 1950s music. And so oh, I love that. Yeah. we were studying the Korean War, but we also did the fun stuff so that hopefully they'll remember. It just kind of ties it all together for them, and, and it's more than just blah, 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 communism. You know, they get the whole picture, you know. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how we do that and then we do Matthew C for all levels I don't do language art formally until they're about middle school and high school so before that I do copy work just all kinds of copy work and that's a that's a very Charlotte Mason thing and so up until probably 10 11 12 years old that's all my kids do and read you know yeah. they read and copy work really is just copying like they have a paragraph that they're just copying onto a page yeah. which develops mm-hmm. handwriting skills and punctuation spelling spelling yeah vocabulary uh everything that is makes a proper sentence they're doing and they're copying it from great writers or even songs or poetry or anything so yeah that's what that's something that I started doing in the last several years yeah I love that I think I was a little apprehensive about the effectiveness of it but our kids seem to really have their their handwriting has improved and yes. and all of those things have fallen into place without a really structured kind of grammar lesson which, yeah you know, we've kind of skipped that a bit but my kids know it so it, um, it's a little scary to people to to think wait no curriculum but I mean that's what Charlotte Mason is it's just mm-hmm. using real things to learn and so yeah when people say what spelling curriculum do you use I just go I don't <laughs> it sounds right. scary yes but yeah. I've seen the effectiveness that's all I can say is uh, you know I have two graduates a teenager I've seen the effectiveness of good reading and lots of copying you know what I love about it is that it's kind of wide open so that whatever age or whatever really not even age but whatever place the child's in they pick up what they're able to pick up without us kind of force feeding which Mm -hmm. what sometimes I feel like curriculum really kind of hammers in a point that we feel is important but maybe they're just not ready to grasp and it can be so frustrating and it can really give this feeling of like I'm just dumb, I just don't, you know, I just can't learn this, or yeah. and if we can avoid that, then it just, it gives our kids this confidence that they can't, it's sometimes hard to get back. It's actually, what it regrets well, with my older children. Well, yeah, and like you were saying, sometimes you have to kind of know when they're ready for something and when they're not. I think that scares a lot of parents, because it's easier to have a curriculum that tells you, do this now, do this now. Uh, but when, when you've done homeschooling for a couple of years, you get a lot more confidence, and your ability to go, "Hey, I know what we're gonna do instead of saying, "What does the book tell me?" and so with my obviously with child number five, I've got this down right <laughs> yeah, so with her, I mean she's never had a grammar or a spelling, but when she's been reviewing her phonics to read, which at nine she's still going through that because she's very late to start oh, yeah she I will just notice something and go, "Oh." the K N O W word. Well, did you know that there's other words that sound like that, but they're spelled different. And, and, you know, it just comes to you while you're sitting there watching and you go, you know what you need to know? It takes five minutes. There's no, and there's no, and they both mean different things and they're spelled differently. And you know, that's, it's, it's really simple, even though it sounds kind of scary if you've yeah. never been in charge of it. <laughs> think about a baby coming out of the womb, and they learn these things, and we, we guide them, and we sort of feel comfortable with that, I think, mm-hmm. a little bit. And then at sort, like, age five, we're like, okay, now we got to start teaching them you're the alphabet, done. and I don't know what to do with that, right? And I need a worksheet for everything. Exactly. Yeah. But the truth yeah. is, like, when we teach language to our children, which we do naturally, you know, and we teach them how to talk, we don't think about it. We just say, oh, you're saying that word a little wrong. Let's say or you don't you don't yeah. have to do you just you know say it right, yeah. and then eventually they pick it up right. So. Or or tying their shoes or yeah. eating with a spoon, all those things. <laughs> that's what I talk about in my book. Is that we we are already natural teachers. We just forget that when they turn five, automatically we think uh this other stuff I can't teach, mm-hmm. and you can you can teach that's so much that. of it. You can teach all of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's such a good and and also our kids are natural learners. Like they are, they are going to want to know. So give them just give them a something and they'll figure it out. They will. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So you already offered a ton of comfort and I, I feel like confidence for folks who are, you know, like, Oh, I don't, I just don't think I can do this. But what words of wisdom can you share for somebody who's just really feeling like, you know, I just don't know. I just don't know if I can do this. Well, I will tell you my mom, I told you that my mom homeschooled us starting in the eighties and she did not graduate high school. She had me when she was 14 years old. Wow. Got out of school at that point and never went back. Wow. And so she's the first one that taught me that it can be done by anybody. <laughs> when I was in high school, she finally went back and got a GED. Wow. But it didn't matter at that point. She'd already, because there's so many helps available, even in the 80s, there was what she needed. The teacher guides and, you know, and people around us who could say, wait, here, I can help you with that science. you know, uh, and then I, I have done it through so many difficult times and that includes single motherhood. I've done it as a working mom. Mm -hmm. I have had migraines my whole life. And so some days are just out the window. Yeah. And and then I've had with five pregnancies have had terrible morning sickness oh, for really? months, you know that kind of stuff. <laughs> and so all kinds of situations that you think would make you say I can't do it, that they got to go back to school. I just kept doing it, just kept mm. doing it because what I realized is it's not about school. Mm. It's just you're raising your kids. Mm. And you don't stop feeding them when things get hard and you don't stop Providing clothes for them, you don't stop hugging them when life is difficult, or maybe you don't know everything there's to know about nutrition, or you know all kinds of things. You figure it out and you keep on parenting. And so with homeschooling, it's the same thing. It's not. Um, someone said, I think I saw this on Twitter or somewhere this week. Someone said it's not a preference. It's like a conviction. Mm-hmm. Like I can do this because I am their parent, and there's nothing that's going to make that impossible. Things can make it difficult. Mm-hmm they may change your plans, but there's no way that it's impossible, almost no way that I can think of (laughs) that would make it impossible because you're a family, you're not a school. And so you're, you're still a parent. You're not suddenly teacher, even though you are teaching, but you already were doing that. Like we said, when they were babies and toddlers, you're already teaching. And so this is just an extension of that. I love that. Okay. So lastly, what's one little thing that you make part of your regular homeschool routine that just helps you and your kids all feel your happiest. Well, I think when I feel happiest, they might not necessarily <laughs> uh, You know, homeschool kids are not like all all the same. They don't all love school, they don't love reading, they're not all, you know, scholars that are going to Yale. I think some people try to push that idea. Yeah. Kids are kids. I just say they don't all love Legos because I feel like there's a the Lego thing that they're like, oh, homeschoolers use Legos for everything. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. idea, they grew out of the Legos now. And so they're, they're all different. And so yeah. for me, my favorite thing is when we sit down and read together and I usually read aloud an hour or more a day from different books. And then for them, it's all, it's different. It's usually a hands-on activity that they like the best. Okay. And so whether it's the food or um when we did World War Two, the boys did model airplanes from that era. Absolutely. And so they really like yeah, that. Of course. So, and they could do that while I was reading aloud. You know, they could work on the gluing and painting and so and then my daughter too, they all like that. Something that connects real life to history Natural or whatever color. they're doing. So and I like that too. I, I really just like it when something comes to life for them when they go, Oh, I do understand, you know, yeah. so I think, for if you were going to ask what we all like, that's probably it. Yeah, I I agree. Those experiences—they can't be beat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Nikki, for joining us. Folks, make sure you connect with Nikki. Actually, Nikki, I forgot to ask you, what is the best way for folks to get in touch with you and kind of just stay? My website is Truesdell.com. and uh, you can go there and find my Facebook and Instagram. I'm on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, all of that under my own name, Nikki Truesdell. And uh, I've been blogging for 11 years. So there's a lot of content on my website, mostly about homeschooling, Christian parenting, uh, a lot of history stuff. Those are my three favorite topics. And then you can order my new book there. Anyone can homeschool. It's what I just talked about. All those difficulties, uh, been there, done that, and anyone can do it. So you can order that from my website also on Amazon. I love it. Thank you so much, Nikki, for joining Thank us. And me. It was fun. Connect with her, stay connected. And um, I hope you're excited to start implementing or stop implementing some things and yeah more <laughs> confident in your homeschooling. I hope so. Thank you. Bye.